All right, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, it's good to be here in your house um, to worship you and to remember that all our hope is in you. Lord, bless this time that we spend in meditation. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, there is really almost nothing that changes life quite like having your first child. People think getting married is a big change, not compared to having children. People think getting a new job. People think buying a new house. I used to think moving to a different country is a big change, but it's nothing compared to having a child. Think about it. Until that child is born, you pretty much can, you and your wife, as long as she's okay with it, can pretty much do what you want if you can afford it and have the time. But once that child is born, you suddenly have a human being that is utterly and completely dependent on you for everything. They can't change themselves. They can't cleanse themselves. They can't go to church by themselves. They can't get from the, the bed to the changing table to the, to the rocker by themselves. They can't do anything without you. And you can't go anywhere without thinking about them. And, and well, it changes a little bit as they get older, as the father of four grown children, just to let you parents know, you will never stop worrying about them ever. Even if they're on the other side of the world. I saw this in my, my three oldest that are married and have kids. You know, when they got married, they just continued with their life. They just did it together. But then children came. And suddenly they stayed home a whole lot more. And, and when they go out, they had to think about, can we afford a babysitter? And do we have one we trust? Right? And, and, and they, you know, all of a sudden, they became homebodies overnight. Having children. It's one of the best changes in the world. Okay? But having children is a big change. Well, folks, nowhere is that truer than with a child born in Bethlehem. Because when we ask the question today, what child is this? He is the child, Jesus is the child who changes everything. Now, now last week, last week we, uh, we looked at the biggest change that Jesus made. And that is what God sees when He looks at you and me. I compare it in a biblical story to what happened in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 3, see, once they had fallen into sin and they, God called them out of the trees, He saw them there in their nakedness and shame. 
But by the end of chapter 3, that's all changed because God did something for them. He provided them with garments of skin, and now he looks and he sees them clothed. He looks and he sees them forgiven. That's what God did for you and me. Okay? He gave Jesus. He gave Jesus to live in our place. And then to die in our place as payment for our sins. Then to rise again to conquer death for us. And then He brought you and me into Jesus so that now when He looks at you and He looks at me, He doesn't see our sin. He sees Jesus. He credits to our account the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. He counts it for us. He clothed us. That's what the Bible says. He clothed us in Christ. That's what baptism is. The Bible calls it justification. Being made right with God. Okay? This is not, don't get it wrong, this is not God pretending that you're better than you are. Now this is God seeing us as we really are in Christ, as God's children fully forgiven. That is who you are. Now this is the part where it gets confusing. I had somebody ask me about that because the next thing we're going to talk about is that justification that makes us right with God results in other changes in our lives. Jesus sanctifies us. He changes how we think and live and worship. See, what, what happens in sanctification is, is that Jesus takes your life and mine and begins to help how we live and, and what we say and what we do to begin to match who we are in Christ. That's what we're going to talk about today. Last week we talked about justification. This week we're going to talk about sanctification. They're related, but they're not the same. I want to, say, I want to share with you some truths about sanctification. First is, sanctification is the unavoidable, I could have put inevitable fruit of justification. It's a change that has to take place. Why? Because even though we are forgiven, we are not yet perfect, even though we are Saints, we are still sinners. But the thing we have to be careful of is not to think that the fact that God has forgiven us gives us license to do as we please. That we can go out and be however we want because God will forgive us anyway. You know, there, there are people who think that. There were people in Malachi's day who thinks that. He, he quotes them in Malachi 2, in these words, he says, everyone who does, this is what they were saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. That's crazy. Forgiveness is not an excuse to do as we please. Now, this is where we have to be careful. We are justified by faith apart from works of the law. We are 
made right with God by trusting in Him. That's the only thing that makes us right with God. So faith without works saves. However, faith is never without works. Bible says faith without works is dead. Christ, and Paul says if we've been baptized into Christ, we died to sin, so how can we live in it any longer? You understand what I'm saying? We have to make the distinction. But we also have to see the connection. When Jesus saves you, which He has, He does not intend to leave you the way He found you. He's going to make changes. And folks, that's the second thing I want to say. This process, this change, is not an easy process. When you're hurting and you say, God, this is hard, his reaction is going to be, yeah, it's supposed to be. In fact, the process of change, of sanctification, Malachi compares it to what a refiner does to silver or what a... a, 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 a a wooler does to a fuller does to wool. See, when the when the silver is dug out of the ground, it's not pure silver. It has to be purified. That means a refiner has to take it and put it into a hot furnace so that the, the so that the the silver melts and is separated from the the other minerals and the impurities that are in there. A fuller in those days to cleanse wool would take a harsh lye soap and scrub the wool. And then they would take it and they would lay it across a, a rock and they would beat the wool with sticks to, to cleanse it, right? And, and that's, that's what, how Jesus is described here. Malachi says, Jesus is like a refiner's Fire and fuller soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. He is going to go to work on our lives and do a hard work, which is to bring to the surface the things in your life and mine that we don't like to think about, don't like to talk about, don't want anybody to know about. The things that are hard to confess and bring out into the open because we're so afraid if people knew that about me, they wouldn't like me as if anybody else at church isn't a sinner just like you are. Right? And I tell you, sometimes we don't want to bring those things out because we're afraid to let go of them. I don't know if you realize this, that alcoholics and addicts, as much as they hate the alcoholism, they're afraid to let go of it. Why? Because that's what they use to deal with life's stresses, and they're scared to death if they don't have that anymore, what will happen to them? And in His refining work, Jesus doesn't leave that stuff alone in our lives. You know, you, I bet you all have rooms and closets in, in your home that you don't want anybody to look into, Right? Jesus doesn't care whether you want him to look in there or not. He's looking because he wants to bring it out. And it's a hard process. It's a, it's, you, know, you know what it's like? Do you remember 
Have you ever, ever gone into a doctor with a bellyache and he lays you down on the table and he starts pushing? And you know when he hits the right spot, right? Because, ow! Well, that, you know, that's, what, that's what our Lord seeks to do with his law. He seeks to put his finger on the place where it hurts. See, Jesus brings us to the point where the pain of what we're doing is so great that we can't go on hiding it anymore. We have to get help. The Bible calls that dying to sin. Contrition, repentance. Well, that's, it's a hard process, but you know what else? God's sanctifying work is also a process of rising again. Every day. Folks, it's a process of grace and forgiveness. God doesn't put His finger where it hurts because He wants to hurt you. He puts His finger where it hurts because He wants to heal you. You know, when the, when the, when the silver is melted down, the refiner removes the impurities. So it says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. God wants us to die to sin every day so that He can raise us up again to a new life. Now folks, this is a daily Life-long process of change. Silver is refined numerous times, or at least it was in those days before the refiner was finished. If you doubt that, that's the way God works. And I think a great example of that is Peter. Think how many times Peter blew it. Again and again. I mean, first time he gets Jesus in his boat, Jesus says, let's go fishing. Peter argues with him, now we can't catch any fish tonight. So put down the nets. They catch so many fish they can't even get them in the boat. Peter falls at his knees. Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Or what about the time, what about the time when, um, when Peter walking on water, he takes his, he's getting so uh, confident he takes his eyes off of Jesus. Whoop, down he goes. Jesus has to rescue him. Or the time when Jesus is talking about going to the cross and Peter says, Lord, no, we're not going to let that happen. Jesus has to say to him, get thee behind me. Or the night when Peter denied even knowing Jesus. You know what happened each time? Jesus was right there to bring him back, to catch him, to restore him, to forgive him. Went through that process of dying and rising again with Peter all the time, getting him ready to be an apostle, yes, but more than that, getting him ready for heaven. That is what God is getting you ready for. And so this refining process, this sanctifying, it's lifelong, it's every day. You know, I go back to the, the alcoholics, they know. A recovering alcoholic knows that he has to spend the rest of his life working his recovery, going to meetings. Well, my friends, you and I are recovering sinners. And we are to spend the rest of our life in this world in recovery, dying and rising to sin. 
repenting and being forgiven. Now there's one more point. What does he say? God or Jesus knows when his work in us is done. You know, the refiner, he would sit there and watch. He had to pay very close attention to what was happening. He had, to, he had to make sure that the fire didn't get too hot. He had to make sure the fire didn't get too die down. And he had to stop the process when it was time. Well, folks, as you and I live in this world with our struggles or our sicknesses or our crises or whatever is going on in our life, the great comfort is that Jesus is right there with us. In fact, he went into the fire ahead of us on the cross, didn't he? It's like, it's like in Daniel and the lion's den, or the three men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were in the fire, and guess who was in there walking around with them? Jesus, the angel of the Lord. He's here with you. And he, sometimes, yeah, in life, he puts you into the furnace, but he's there watching, making sure it isn't too hot. And he knows when it's done. Want to know how? The refiner of silver knew he was done when he could see his own reflection more clearly in the silver. Jesus will know when he's done with you as he sees his reflection more clearly in you. So what child is this? He's the child who changes everything. Jesus is the one who came to change you and change me. Amen? Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.